Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Shaka Hisop and Stevie Nicol. Later on in the show, we're discussing the possibility of Karim Benzema playing for Chelsea this season. But we'll kick things off with Chelsea's old manager, Jose Mourinho, who was sacked today by Roma. Two and a half years he lasted in Italy. And, of course, during that tenure, he would bring them uh, the... What was it, what's it called again? The Europa Conference League. Conference the League. Conference League uh, trophy. And, um, and let's <laughs> here to explain things much better than I just did. Uh, Frank Lepuff <laughs> is here uh, and uh, Gab Marcotti. Gab, I thought everyone loved him in Roma. I think a lot of people do. Certainly the uh, fans, the, the match-going fans in the stadium... Uh, do it, it, it's pretty evident that you know he'd forged a really special relationship with them. Uh, equally, the people who are paying the bills, uh, the Friedkins, eh, maybe not so much. I mean, they lost uh, something like four hundred million in uh, in in, in the, the season before he came and his first season there. Uh, he was the uh, highest paid uh, or second highest paid coach in Serie A. They had the third highest wage bill. To make all of this work. They need to get Champions League football. And I think they looked at the table and they said, uh, guys, we're ninth in the table. Um, we, we, yeah, we're in the Europa League. We can we can get to the Champions League by winning that, but it's tough. We're only, what, six or seven favorites in that. There's a lot of good teams in there. Um, maybe we should make a change. Also because uh, Mourinho's contract was expiring at the end of the season and uh, Mourinho was keen to extend it, or at least he said he was. And uh, Roma said, well, hang on a minute. Let's wait until the end of the season and figure out mm. whether we want to keep you. And Mourinho didn't appreciate that. So I think they figured better to act now and get it done with. Right decision, your opinion, Gab? I mean, I think probably, yeah, because objectively, there's... I, I mean... <laughs> When you're running a club, right, you're doing it for the fans and the fans who show up and he's selling out uh, the Stadio Olimpico and you figure, hey, this is great. They really love him. Uh, a lot of other fans um, had begun to turn on him. And ultimately, though, you're dealing with results. He finished sixth in his first season. He finished sixth in his second season. He's in ninth place now. Um, of all the managers that Roma have had since 1991, uh, on a per-match basis, uh, he has the absolute lowest points per game of any manager that's coached at least uh, 50 games in Serie A. So you put all these all these together. You you throw in the fact that this is a squad that that's filled with with veterans and expensive loan signings. Uh, I think of DiBala, Lukaku, uh, Leandro Paredes, guys like that. And this is a team that's kind of built to deliver here and now. He's not building for the future. So I mm. think when they looked at all that, they said. It's time to move on. And they, they were going to move on at the end of the season anyway, unless you reach top four. So um, they've handed the, the keys to Daniele De Rossi, who, who's Roma through and through. It's his first, he, said, well, he had a stint at Spal in Serie B, but it's his first you know, big boy job in, in Serie A. He's going to lead them through the end of the season. At the very least, we know he'll have the fans on his side. Given that dreadful league record, how has how he developed such a good rapport with these fans, Gav? Well, this is this is one of the things that uh, his critics will say really, really matters, and maybe one of the reasons why you know big teams aren't lining up to sign him. Uh, it's his style of play. Uh, he he looks to defend. He's very intense. Uh, his players it, it translates to his players. The players are always in the referee's face, always looking to get an edge. Like he's been sent off seven times from the bench in the last two and a half years. Uh, everybody remembers what happened at the Europa League final. If you're a fan of the team and he's on your side, this is exciting. You're going deep into competitions. You know, you may not be winning Serie A, but, you know, if you can have a cup run, I mean, crikey, you'll take it. And he delivered 
massive European Cup runs in, in, in the two years he was there. He might have delivered one this year too. So I think that's why a lot of people spoke to it. He's also been really, really good when he speaks about embracing the city uh, and, and, and whatnot. And he, he did that again in his farewell message. So I think that's why fans who are there, they say, wow, this is really entertaining. Others who value results more say, well, hang on a minute. Where are we going with this? And why are teams like Bologna and Atalanta and Fiorentina ahead of us in the table? When I looked at the odds, Gab, I was not expecting Newcastle to be high on the list of where his next destination would be. That's exactly how the bookies have it. Quite incredible, really. Has he still got that magic left to go to a club like Newcastle? I think in the right context with the right coach, I think Mourinho can probably still do, uh, so with the right squad and the right owner especially, I think he can still do a job. Um, I, I don't see him as a favorite for the Newcastle job. I really don't see him uh, ending up there uh, at all for many different reasons, starting with the fact that Eddie Howe's been giving a, uh, giving a pass, starting with the fact that from what we've seen of the public investment fund of, of, of Saudi Arabia, who own 90% or 80% of the club, um, you know, I, they've actually tried to grow the club organically and a bit, be a bit cautious in their growth. And where he come to come to the Premier League, you know, he wouldn't just have two teams with higher wage bills than his. He'd have five or six. So um, to me, this makes this makes little sense. To me, this is just kind of bookies taking a taking a flyer because, you know, those odds came out. What, like an hour after <laughs> after the Friedkins announced that he'd been let go. Jack, you said you'd be excited to see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Um, listen, I, I understand why the bookies would make Mourinho favourite to, to go to Newcastle United, but I, I'm with Gavin that I just, I just don't see it happening. I, I, nothing about the ownership and, and how they've run the club thus far suggests that they take a punt at Jose Mourinho. But look, he's a winner, Chad. Look at all that. No. Nothing that Eddie Howe has done, in my opinion, has warranted an, an, an early exit. Certainly not, not at this juncture. Um, yes, uh, of course, his, 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 um, his supporters or his fans would point to Jose Mourinho as being a winner. I've, I've heard that time and time again. But that has, has eluded him, some context, Europa Conference League apart, in, in his last two jobs. And if, if that is what you're relying on, who he once was, it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. And, and to that point, Newcastle have already tried their hand with a former winning manager in, in Rafa Benitez. And that went disastrously wrong. Uh, this, of course, is his best moment for Roma. And what about a third stint at Chelsea, Frank? <laughs> no, I don't believe this is going to happen. Um, I don't see uh, the board or the fans really keen to uh, to see uh, Mourinho coming back to uh, to Stamford Bridge. I mean, I I'm, I want to separate the man to uh, to the coach. Well, I met the man like three four times. He's an absolute adorable person. He was. I don't know if he's still. But what I see as a coach, the guy is became became very very aggressive. I would say you know he changed and on top of it on the uh, as a coach. He didn't bring what he used to bring. That's more than a decade that we see uh, him going slowly into a descent on his skills and, uh, and the way he, he performs with the team that is in charge. So he spends money because he's Mourinho, because he has a background, but he's not as effective as he used to be. And uh, Chelsea is not looking for a, a, a coach like that. Because it will change everything that they plan to do, which is what I was wrong. Maybe that will be go back to success, meaning experienced players. That's not what they want. They want to go to trading business. So it's not part of the, of the Chelsea plan or the board plan. So I don't see him coming back. What do you think, Steve? Do you know, everybody, whether it's a player or a coach, you reach a point where you pass your best. And that's seems to me where Mourinho is. You know, we don't, we don't associate Mourinho with sixth, sixth in line and ninth. Mm -hmm. You know, if you listen to Mourinho, he's a winner, he's all about winning, he's all about being the best. That, that, that seems to be long gone. And the fact that you hang on to the conference title, I mean, in real terms, that means that they're the, they're the best, sixth best team in European leagues. That's what it means in real, in real terms. 
if you want to if you want to look at it through Mourinho's eyes, it's a European title. But the truth is, it's way down the list. De Rossi, of course, as you mentioned, Gab, coming in, very much a Roma legend. Uh, was this quite a clever move to appease those fans who have been so upset that Mourinho's left? Um, I think so. I mean, I, 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 certainly you want to get somebody who the fans aren't going to turn on straight away, right? Uh, yeah. So it's important to get Daniele De Rossi. His only stint in Serie B was at Spal. It didn't quite work out. But, you know, you're talking about, De Rossi's a special character as well. You're talking about somebody who, you know, only ever played for, for Roma and Italy. And at the end of his career, when he had to leave Roma, he said, oh, where am I going to go? I know, I'm going to go and play for Boca Juniors because I think it'd be really cool to play La Bombonera and I'm going to do it and, and make a, a fraction of what I was making before. So he's somebody who's very outward minded. He's somebody who speaks English, which I think um, also matters tremendously to uh, to the Freakins, uh, which is why they went for Mourinho uh, as or part of the reason why as well. They wanted to have a direct relationship with him. Uh, it'll be interesting because, you know, this morning, uh, and, and this is something the Freakins have really been criticized for by a lot of people, including Fabio Capello. I, it was felt that they were disrespecting Mourinho because he basically showed up for training. They didn't give him any kind of advance warning. And they said, no, 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 let's move training to the afternoon because, by the way, uh, we're going to let you go. Um, and so I think that caught a lot of people uh, by surprise as well. I think De Rossi obviously spoke to them before, but De Rossi as well took him a long time to, to show up. He wanted to make sure he didn't show up uh, at the training ground while Mourinho was still there. But I'll tell you what, uh, if, if your first day uh, at work matters, uh, De Rossi decided to spend the night at the training ground and will be sleeping there all week just because he feels he's got so much work to do and so much to catch up on. <laughs> what, what can he do there that he can't do in the hotel, Gap? Cut the grass. Well, De Rossi lives in Rome. He doesn't need to, <laughs> he doesn't need to, 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 to go to a hotel. No, but the idea is that way your whole staff, you all sleep, you sit there, you, you sleep together in, in separate beds, obviously. Uh, and then that way you can get up early. You stay up late into the night working. You don't have to waste time fighting your way through traffic in the morning. Uh, you don't have the distractions of, of family. He really wants to hit the ground running because, look, I, he gets, he's got the rarest of things, right? He's a fan who got to play for the club. And now he's got the, he gets to go and manage the club. And, and that's not an easy transition. Would you, you and Paul sleep over at the Revs during... Oh, all the time. <laughs> they used to try and throw us out all the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, as Gab said, he's a different type of character. Can <coughs> uh, you tell me that they used to keep tabs on you? Like you had to just hang around till five o'clock just for the sake of it? No, that was, that was, was when that? another guy was in Chelsea. Right, OK. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Gab said he's a different type of character. Yeah, I would suggest my own my own personal thought is to get away from the training ground, to get away from the stadium. I think is better for you because it, it it relaxes you. I believe it relaxes you more, and it opens your mind a little. Uh -huh. I think I don't agree with it. These guys that go and do that sort of thing, I don't I don't get it at all. Can, can you? I'm just can, wired differently, I guess. Can you imagine keeping tabs on this TV? The reports that would come back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I, I want that job. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, as we mentioned, of course, Roma struggling in the league. Uh, Juventus, meanwhile, very much at the other end of the spectrum at the moment. A great run. That would continue uh, today with a 3-0 victory over Sassuolo. Uh, Vajovic with a nice couple of goals. Chiesa would score late on to seal the victory. And it kind of plays into that narrative that is a two-horse race uh, for the Serie A title between Inter and Juventus. Gap, that's 17 matches unbeaten now for Juve. What's changed? What's clicked? I think, uh, look, the football they've been playing hasn't necessarily improved. Um, they have a whole run of 1-0 of victories. Um, but I think what has happened is Max Allegri has finally decided to put his trust in, in some of the kids, like uh, uh, like Kenan Yildiz, for for example, who's uh, you know who, who's been tremendous when he's been called upon. But not just him, but others like uh, like Miretti, uh, like Nicolò Sicaviglia when he's been called upon. And I think that's really uh, you know freshened up the side. It, it, it's given them more enthusiasm. Um, and he slowly eased Vlaovic back in. You know, we, we've seen him scoring the last couple of games, two days today. He really wasn't 
a big part of this team in the first part of the season, even when they were getting those results. And uh, if you get the real Vlaovic back, uh, obviously he's a real value add. He's devastated. Also, if you have Federico Chiesa fit, um, there's no question. Juve can take this down to the wire against Inter uh, easy. Also, because, of course, they're not playing European football. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to ask you to percentage it up, of course, in keeping in mind that Juve have, they've got Coppa Italia, obviously, but no other distraction compared to Inter still involved in Europe. They don't even have Coppa Italia, of course, because they're, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're out of it at this stage, right? So um, I, I think the, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go, I mean, you'd still favor Inter because I think the two points matter. Um, but I think you could look at something like, 65, 70% Inter, something like that. Oh. Um, ultimately, Inter are so well-drilled, have been there before, um, and have a ton of depth really everywhere, except for perhaps up front. But everybody stays healthy. Um, I think it's Inter. And also, we don't uh, know how me- long Inter's European run is going to continue. No, that's, that's true, but be a bit of positivity for Inter. There we are. Uh, anyway, Milan haven't been able to put, this, uh, put together the same sort of form as the top two. However, Christian Pulisic was awarded uh, Player of the Month of December, Gam, uh, just to emphasise his fine start to his time in Italy. Yeah, Pulisic has been, uh, uh, has been phenomenal. He, you know, in a season in which so many players uh, have gotten themselves uh, injured at, uh, at different times and in different positions for Milan, um, he and, and Reinders and one or two others, you know, he's really been continuous. And uh, there have been games when, you know, he hasn't been a difference maker in terms of scoring or assisting. But he's always put in a shift defensively. He's spoken about it recently, you know, learning how to play on, 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 on the right-hand side, picking his moments rather than his customary left-hand side, picking his moments where to come in, uh, working off the ball when not in possession, uh, working on his weaker foot. Uh, all these things. Everybody loves his work ethic. He's not the most extroverted uh, character, but uh, he's a real team player. And, and I think, you know, this is the kind of guy that coaches really, really love. And if I can make it, and if I can correct myself, no, Juventus are not out of the Coppa Italia. Of course, they're in the semifinals. They did beat Frosinone. I, I misspoke there. That's all right, Gam. I wasn't going to pick you up, even though I knew I was right. Uh, just a reminder, the Gam and Jules podcast is available <laughs> twice a week. 80% of it is factually correct. Uh, you can check out the latest edition of the Gam and Jules podcast, which is available now on the website. Uh... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Right then, Premier League title odds. Manchester City looking good at the moment. Liverpool, meanwhile, are top of the table, but still outsiders when it comes to the bookies uh, at 5-2. to two. Uh, what, what would just appease all Liverpool fans who feel that maybe some of the officials uh, have been against them this season is that our good old friend Howard Webb has confirmed that it was a mistake not to give Liverpool a penalty when Odegaard decided to bounce the ball in his box. That makes you feel better, doesn't it, Stevie? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, because I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it never occurred to me that that was a penalty. 
Uh, Seriously. Tell us something we don't know. That, that's a, it, it, you know, you want transparency from, from obviously the referees and everything. Does this really help Howard Webb three weeks afterwards saying, look, no. If you'd done it the day after or two days after, right. not three weeks. I, yeah. that's, that's ridiculous. Right. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Frank, would you be happy as a player? I would be even more upset. I know It's nice for him to say the truth, but uh, it makes you even more angry because, because you knew, immediately knew, that he, the guy was wrong, the ref was wrong. And... Uh, and he's, he might have been the only one with, uh, with his friend in, the, in the, what I call the bar bar. Uh, we, didn't see, uh, we didn't see anything. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit like Burnley and Luton at the weekend. Yep. If he comes out on Monday morning and says, look, we got it wrong, right. then it carries a little bit of weight. But if in three weeks' time he turns around and says that they, they got it wrong in the Burnley-Luton game, no, it's going to be the same thing. You're just making yourself look bad. And we've seen it, of course, against Spurs, the offside, and, and this as well. You know, you look at the title race, and I'm sure there are examples of when Liverpool yeah. have got away with one. But it's intriguing, isn't it, really? No, it's not intriguing. It's quite, it's, it comes into question. Listen, as a referee, I think Howard Webb was one of the best. Yep. I really thought he was fantastic. But when he's doing this job, you know, when he's making mistakes like this, then you wonder, you know, we always talk about every, every occupation, the guy at the top... How he acts, it filters down. Now, his, his team are making mistakes. And he's making mistakes. So, at the end of the day, he carries the can. So, I mean, he's got to watch his back. As a player, you accept that the referee's going to make mistakes, right? That, that's just kind of part and parcel of being human, in all honesty. Um, you accept that, but you want some kind of accountability, or, or at the least, you want some show of improvement. If you're a Liverpool fan, and I think arguably more so than anybody else in the league right now, you see these mistakes, you see the gravity of them, the impact of them, and somehow you're always on the wrong end of it, and no real signs of improvement or accountability three weeks after, three weeks after the fact isn't accountability. Mm. That's not transparency to, to your, your first question. That's just an admission of, of a mistake that everybody knew, and, and it kind of feels like you're only addressing it because everybody's called, called you out on it. You know, take, take some responsibility for it and, and tell us how things will... If you can't tell us why the mistake was made, tell us how you're going to avoid it being, being made again. Go on, Gab. No, I, I just want to just stick up. I, I think it is accountability to, to admit your mistakes. Three weeks is, I, I agree, is ridiculous, but... Um, and I wish somebody had asked them, hey, Howard, because you know what? After three weeks, it would have been easier just to say nothing, right? Um, because nobody's talking about this anymore. We've moved on. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I want to give Howard Webb the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but surely that's the point. Compared to all those years before when they made mistakes, I never, I never admitted to them. Cab, surely that's the point. That's Christmas. It's better to not say anything after three weeks, but he makes the decision to say something, which is the wrong decision. That's the whole point. The guy's just making wrong decisions. But I, but and he's putting he's... people in charge who are making wrong decisions. And that's what I'm talking about when right. I say he's got to watch his back. You know, at the end of the day, the buck stops with him. If, I, if I'm a coach and there's a, something going wrong in the field, and then three weeks later I go, oh, by the way, let's do this. Right. They'll be like, hold on a second, why, what's taking three weeks? Yeah. You know, there's got to be... Christmas, he's, New Year, everyone has a little break. Of course. I mean, it's just... Every time he makes a decision, he's making the wrong one. That's what it feels like. Well, well he's, he's not... Look, he's, he's not making decisions. It's not him uh, on the field, like, you know, playing silly buggers in, decision, in, in the Spurs game. His decision or, to or, or, speak or up. It's the people... I'm talking about his decision to speak up, Gab. His decision right. to speak up no, no, should but... be on the Monday morning. It should be the... F it should be the first thing on Sunday morning right. when he goes in his office and says, right, we need to address this. And you do it Monday morning. And it's that sort of decision. No, no, I, 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 the guy I, I, in completely, charge, right. I completely agree with you. But there's a, there's a procedure, there's a report that comes through. It shouldn't take three weeks. I agree with you. If it's not Monday morning, it should be Tuesday night. 
you know, it doesn't take that long for the report to come through. It's not Howard Webb who decides if the referees uh, were right or wrong. There's other people, the people who observe the referees. But once the report is in, you say, hey, does this guy screw up? Yes. Well, let me go and come clean about it. Let me go and, and, and then tell you how I'm going to improve. He can't magic up a bunch of high-end referees. He can't train a bunch of high-end referees uh, in, 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 in double quick time. There are some good ones. There's a lot that are not very good. There's many who are young and inexperienced. Uh, that takes time, uh, given the neglect that, uh, of, of the whole refereeing system uh, in England. And that's what he's trying to fix. Uh, been a bad season for VAR, of course, a bad season for Chelsea as well. Although they're on a good run of late, their best run of the season that's taken them up to eighth in the Premier League table, uh, ninth in the table, sorry. However, they still desperately, it seems, need a striker. Jackson hasn't hit the ground running, and of course, Nkunku uh, in and out with injury. Uh, so inevitably, Gav, the January transfer window will see Chelsea linked to strikers, uh, the first of which is uh, Grokeresh from Sporting Lisbon. Is there any chance? Well, we've heard Pochettino say we're not going to bring in a striker. So these rumours are to the contrary to that statement. Yeah, and I think Chelsea have also privately knocked this down. Uh, look, and I say this with the greatest of respect to, to Jokeres, who's having uh, a great season at Sporting Lisbon. He scored, I think, 11 goals, Sporting our, our, our top of the table. But this isn't... this. The, the, the figures quoted in the Portuguese press were 80 million euros, round about 75 million pounds. This is a guy who last season played in the championship uh, for Coventry City here in England. Okay. Uh, I scored a ton of goals, sure, but he was playing in the championship. Strikers in the championship do not cost 75 million, not when they're 25 years ago. Uh, sorry, not when they're 25 years of age. Uh, I have no idea where the story comes from. Uh, Chelsea have knocked it down. Pochettino said publicly no striker. Um, maybe we should believe him. OK, let's go from someone who played to Coventry to someone who won the Ballon d'Or, uh, if we can, Gab, because there are rumours circulating that Karim Benzema could be leaving the Saudi Arabian League. Let's address those first. Are there any truth in them? Well, obviously, uh, he fell out with his previous coach uh, at uh, El Etihad, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo. Then there was an issue because uh, they decided to go, uh, I, which I thought was funny, they decided to go for a, a warm weather training camp in, in Dubai, uh, which is, I think, a rather similar climate, actually. Uh, but he wasn't there. He wasn't there because he was on, <laughs> he was on holiday in Mauritius. Um, right. And... Apparently there was bad weather and a cyclone, and so he couldn't make his way back to Saudi in time. Uh, he hasn't had the best of seasons. I think the difficulty here is he's on an enormous salary, um, and so it becomes difficult for anybody to ponder that unless he puts his money in his pocket. That's before we get into issues such as transfer fees. So I think he's he's kind of stuck there unless he decides to, you know, give a whole heck of a lot of money back or money that he's due to receive uh, in the next two and a half years. So any chance, for, for example, of him going to Chelsea to help out with the striker problems, that's not on the table. That's not even worth discussing. Pochettino told you they're not signing a striker. Yes, I know. Pochettino that, said a lot. Uh, well, no. well. <laughs> Like, I, joking aside, you know, we can make fun of Chelsea all we like and the billion and whatever, but they do, they did put together a plan, right? Based on young players, big, big transfer fees, but low wages, and they want it all to come together and whatever else, and they've made mistakes along the way. Kareem Benzema doesn't fit that. He's not young, he's old, uh, he makes a ton of money. I, he just wouldn't fit. What are you going to do? Bring him in for six months? Why? That would be that would be crazy. That would be like bringing in Joe Felix at great expense for for six months. Surely Chelsea would. Oh wait, they did do that. But look, no, hey, fool me once. You know, I, it's not going to happen. Uh, no. I, it's it's likelier. It's likely Kareem Benzema, if he does give up all this money, goes somewhere else. But but I don't oh. I don't think it's Chelsea at all. Frank, have a word with your fellow countryman. You'd have him for six months when you're at Chelsea. Uh, if I would, or if I, Benze I would be happy to see Benzema coming for six months, for the, is what you asked me? Yeah. Yeah, um, it depends what kind of Benzema uh, we would see. Right. Is that the Benzema that we saw in Madrid? Or is that the Benzema just coming back from holidays uh, uh, from Mauritius? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see Karim playing lately. 
Uh, I don't uh, pay attention to the Saudi league, so I don't know the way he's playing and why people are complaining about his behavior on the field or out of the field. Uh, if it's uh, Benzema pre-retired, no, I, I think he wouldn't, he wouldn't fit. And as uh, Gab mentioned, um, it's not on the board's idea, like I explained for Mourinho. You would pick Mourinho, Mourinho would bring some experienced players, which is not the plan of the Chelsea board. And if you make uh, Benzema uh, coming to Stamford Bridge, it's the same idea. You break your plan and uh, it's not what they, they want to do. And, and you have to think about the players who, who are going to come back. And Kunku, Jackson, uh, what about Borja? So yeah, you, you will break something bringing, yes, a fantastic player that used to be a fantastic player. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at break the plan. The plan's going really well, isn't it? <laughs> what? Give it time, <laughs> Stephen. Why would you uh, we not did, want to We didn't say it was a good plan. Stevie, <laughs> Stevie, I never said it was a good plan. I just said it was no. a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. And, that's, and that's, all, that's also a sign of, ba of, of bad management. When you've made a mistake and you stubbornly decide you don't do something that would help you. Right. That, that's, that, that's another... That's, a, that's just a sign of bad management again. Uh, Gab, what's going on? Why are we hearing rumours of these players wanting to leave Saudi Arabia? Benzema, Firmino, Jordan Henderson? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's different reasons. We've heard, we've heard stories of, of them not settling. I mean, I think uh, Al Atifak, where, where Jordan Henderson is, um, they're doing poorly. Uh, Benzema's had a rough time. Um, I, I, I wonder if also to some degree, you know, there's a bit of a sense that they've kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. I mean, it seems that the only time that we talk about these guys, unless it's Cristiano and it's some kind of highlight, uh, the only time we ever talk about the Saudi League is when people are leaving or when people are coming or, you know, when, 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 when there's a funny story and Sadio Mane gets married or whatever, right? But uh, you think about their image, you think about uh, their status on, on social media, you think about their commercial potential. These are stars, and if nobody's talking about them, I mean, certainly not in Western media, but I suspect probably not much in, 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 in South America either, or, or you know, possibly you know, not much in Africa either, except for Mane, obviously. I, so you know, all these things put together, you kind of look around, you're playing in these stadiums. I mean, the Saudi Pro League, um, is, their attendances are, they really haven't improved. They're roughly what they were last year, which is less than 10,000 uh, a game, even though many of these st stadiums are big. Obviously, the bigger teams draw more, but, but, but the, the, the smaller teams are really small. And, you know, if you were playing at Anfield uh, a, a year ago or you were playing at, at, at the Bernabeu, man, this does feel like, man, what am I doing with, with my life? I only have a couple years yeah. left of football. Yeah, I'm making a lot of money, but is this working for me? Yeah, but it's that lot of money, of course, that drew them there in the first place, Frank. You went to Qatar, obviously, for the money. How much diligence did you do before? No, no, I'm the, but how much diligence did you do before that, aside from the money, as that's your place to live, a league to play for? Well, I first made sure that my kids and my, uh, my ex-wife would be happy to, be, to live uh, over there, that uh, it was a change of culture, that, yes, for my ego... Like uh, here for, for, for the others, yeah, I will play in front of 50 people where I used to play in front of 50,000. That's part of it. You know that. You, are, you have a career and there is after the career and the pre-retirement is sorry. I'm sorry. It's after the career. When you decide to go to Saudi Arabia, it's not part of your career when you play for Madrid, Liverpool, for big clubs. It's after the career and you have to accept the consequences of it, especially when you go to countries like that where... It's a complete differences of culture. So for Jordan Anderson, for example, I was told that he's, he went on his own without his family, that the family is missing. On top of it, he didn't pick the right club because the club is too far south, it's too hot, whatever. Well, man, you know, get the information before signing. It's not about millions. It's not all about millions. It's about also uh, having a life. And I went to Qatar for three days. I uh, visited the country and the city. It's a small country. And I said, well, we go for it. The school is good. The house is good. Um, uh, we know what we're going to face. The weather, uh, a change of, uh, of career, a change of football. But I signed for it. And I got the money before, si before, before playing. But as, as soon as I got the money, I knew that I had duties. So they all know that they have duties. And they, they, they don't fulfilling uh, the contract in a way. 
So you sign for it. You want to big. You want to play the big time game there, getting the money. Do the job. Hang on, do the job, Steve, when you go to Saudi Arabia, right? I will. Make sure, make sure you do. Uh, just a reminder, of course, it's quiet midweek in England at the moment. Not, though, next week, as we've got the second leg of those two Carabao Cup semi-finals. They're live on ESPN+. Starting with Chelsea against Borough. Middlesbrough 1-0 up going into that second leg at Stamford Bridge. Meanwhile, Liverpool 2-1 up going into the tie at Craven Cottage. Both games still all to play for for a place in the final. Both those matches then live on ESPN+. Uh, to keep up to date with all the latest transfer news, <laughs> I just imagine United go for a Raúl, considering how bad he's been this season. It sounds about right for 80 million. Uh, be sure to check out Transfer Talk over on the website. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Meanwhile, in case you missed it yesterday, the big talking point was the fact that Lionel Messi was awarded uh, the FIFA's Men's Player of the Year. A reminder that that did not include the World Cup. It was from December the 19th, the first day after the <laughs> tournament, to August the 20th. Uh, Frank and Gab are still with us. Gab, what's the point? <laughs> I, you know my thoughts on whether it's this or the Ballon d'Or, uh, it's silly. Look, it's wonderfully inclusive um, because, you know, uh, I, the, the opinion of the uh, captain of the Cook Islands uh, football team is, is, is really extremely relevant, or the guy from the, the media representative. I'm not, but I want to pick on the wait, Cook wait, Islands. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go down this avenue... Virgil van Dijk, Robert Lewandowski, Harry Kane, Andrew Robertson, Mo Salah all voted for Lionel Messi. So as much as you want to chastise those, those clubs, those captains, those international coaches for the lower sides, these are big name players. You can't just put them all in that bracket. <laughs> well, maybe they voted for him because they were impressed with uh, what he achieved with Paris Saint-Germain and doing... <laughs> So well in the league, in the second, in, like, I don't know. I don't know why they did this. Maybe, look, the criteria are clear, right? The criteria say the person who is the best for their general conduct and their performances on the pitch, right? It doesn't say who do you think is the GOAT. It doesn't say who do you think is the best in abstract terms. Uh, you are saying that Lionel Messi's performances on the pitch in that period of time uh, are greater than anybody else, including Erling Haaland or whoever else you want to name. You know, that is effectively what you are saying in voting for this uh, award. Um, I, I'm going to go out and guess that maybe they didn't really read the criteria that closely yeah. or, you know, maybe they don't like Erling Haaland. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand it. You know, if those are the criteria, those are the criteria. Frank, if you were the captain of France, how much attention would you pay to the criteria before casting your vote? Well, at least I will pay the attention to that criteria that is after the World Cup 
And now we know that Lionel Messi wasn't that good after the World Cup. With all due respect for his career, you know, that wasn't the best time of his career. Uh, so I wouldn't put him, you know, and I will, yeah, carefully read uh, what is, uh, what I, uh, what I, what is being exposed to me. And really, that's, I don't know what the captains have done, you know, maybe they don't know how to read or maybe they didn't read it, let's say. <laughs> And, uh, and uh, that's, uh, that's absolutely stupid. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Those, you know me about the Ballon d'Or and everything, but that's the worst of the worst. <laughs> come on, come on, pass it up. Mm. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, Shaka, you went on yesterday. Would you like to add your two pennies? Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm with everybody in that it makes absolutely no sense. N none whatsoever. And, and I'm one who felt he deserved to win the Ballon d'Or. And again, I, I that was kind of split down the middle, a little bit of controversy to, to that. I think the bigger knock-on effect with this, as, as awful a decision as it is, it now validates everybody who questioned Lionel Messi's willing the Ballon d'Or last year or any, any of his, his awards, now only have to point to this and say, see, we told you. Anytime Messi, Messi gets extra points just for being Lionel Messi and questions the validity of a number of those individual awards. And, and, and so for me, it just... Not only is it stupid, it's, it's <laughs> damaging in, 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 in real terms to, to Messi's legacy. Right, that's enough. We talked about this award enough yesterday as well. Just a reminder, uh, Extra Time is available over on our YouTube channel. It's where the boys stay late to answer uh, some of your questions. Craig has gone for the extra button undone of late. Oh, oh. So he switched from T-shirt to, to a little bit more. Uh, how low will he go? Yes, well, Simon well, Gallas. All we need now is a chain. Oh. <laughs> 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 right, Shaq, I wanted to talk to you about what we saw happen at the weekend uh, with Inyaki Pena. We talked about it a lot, about if you're going to play a high line, the goalkeeper's got to come out further and play that sweeper yeah. role. Why didn't he, and whose fault is that he didn't? I, I, I put it down to Xavi. I, again, and, and I, I think that there's a lot to this in that I heard what everybody said yesterday, and, and everybody, you're absolutely right. The, the most rule one of tactics, you cannot play a high line without pressure in midfield. And, and similarly, as a goalkeeper, you can't come too far off your line or outside of your box if there's no, if there's no pressure on the ball in midfield because that just opens it up for... Somebody lobbied for 50 yards. So without that pressure in midfield, it restricts everything about what Barcelona want to do. And, and in the end, um, Pena himself is just left kind of playing a position that, you know, I, I'm not sure he, he wants to here. I don't, I don't see where... I don't see how the goalkeeper... Where, where is he supposed to stand here? Right. It, it, there's nothing he can do. Sitting with this one, absolutely nothing he can do. No, there's, there's too much space. If, if there is 50 yards of space, basically, the goalkeeper can't. Right. He can't go. If, if it's 25 or 30, that's a different ball game. But you can't expect the goalkeeper with the whole half to come and come out and be in a position where he can actually do something. And the other thing as well, don't forget... How many times do we see goals now from 50 and 60 yards? Mm. Balls being pinged straight into the back of the net because, of, because either the goal is too far up or whatever. That's another reason. That just means that the goalie cannot step out of the box unless he's 100% sure. And as Shaka said, not only can you not step up as a defender when there's no pressure on the ball, the way the game's played today and the way you can kick a ball 60, 70 yards as a goalkeeper, you can't do it either. So that makes it even tougher for the goalie. Here's the other thing that kind of amazed me with, with this. Um, if you are playing that high line, you've got to be totally confident that your defenders are far quicker than, than, the, attacking, than the attacking players. But you look at those goals, Vinicius Jr. is picking up the ball and between uh, Araujo... Um, who has, um, Kunde, they, they are making up no ground. Yep. They are making up no ground on Vinicius Jr. Which, which suggests... Oh, no, it's, it's, exactly. <laughs> it's, not a, it's, not, it's not even a like-for-like -like piece. So to play that higher line, not like-for-like -like piece, no pressure on the ball in midfield, and you're not allowing your goalkeeper through that no pressure in midfield to, to play 10 or 15 yards outside of your box, you you begging him to, to lose to, to concede four. Frank, if you're an experienced member of this Barcelona side, is there any way in which you could foresee you having a conversation with Xavi to say, look, this is not working? 
yes, yes, you have to because as uh, uh, Shaka explained, if you are, if your midfield players don't press the uh, the guy who has the ball, the, there is no way that you can play high because you're going to be surprised like that. Kunde tries to play offside because he already thinks that he's in trouble, so he, he goes back and then plays the offside because he knows that he's going to be he's going to be tricked in the, in the situation. So it doesn't work. Of course, the goalkeeper is out of the business. He's not guilty whatsoever in any kind of situation in that matter. It's all about the defense. We have to, if they play high, think about covering each other, uh, uh, dropping back at any time. If you only think about going forward, going forward, you're going to be smashed back. And that's what's going on with Kunde. I don't know who played again, uh, alongside him. Uh, we went for, for, the, for the pressure. Because... Uh, yeah, and 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 try to help the midfielders, but put him put all the defense outnumbered. That's insane. What I saw, it's uh, I would say it's uh, it's not thought through because it cannot work like that. Uh, Gab, they've got Union Easters as I mentioned on Thursday in the Copa del Rey. They, if they lose to them, it's gone surely. Yeah. Uh... I'm not sure he should be gone for the simple reason that, uh, you know, you need to finish top four this season. You're still very likely to finish top four if, if Xavi sticks around. Uh, bringing somebody else in means spending money that you don't have right now with all your financial restrictions. Uh, but you're right. If they were to somehow screw it up against Unionistas, and by the way, they nearly screwed it up against Barbastro too. Let, let's, not, let's not forget what happened late in that game too. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I think there will be a lot of people and who, who will feel that he's used up his political, his, his sporting capital at the club. But, but, but that said, Deco came out, said it very clearly. Um, he's not going anywhere. And, and, and I think it's the right choice. I think you'll have to stick with Xavi till the end of the season. So just a reminder then, Atletico Madrid against Real Madrid as well as Unionistas against Barcelona uh, live on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, what an afternoon we have for you on Thursday. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, meanwhile, we saw yesterday, of course, uh, Cameroon draw with Guinea by, uh, it was 1-1 in that tie. Onana wasn't in goal, Gab. Uh, of course, we discussed it a lot that he was going from that Manchester United draw in a private jet, flying uh, to the tournament to play for Cameroon. But in the end, he didn't start. Why not? Well, uh, I mean, I think, first of all, uh, let's not forget the history of Onana with Cameroon. If you remember at the World Cup, uh, he, uh, he, he started, then he was dropped, then he was sent home during the tournament. And by the way, that coach, Rigobert Song, is the same coach who's there now. I think there's a lot of people uh, in Cameroon, including the Federation president, uh, Samuel Leto, the Samuel Leto, who kind of feel, well, wait a minute, uh, this is not on. You were released X days in advance. You can't just come and go as you please. Look, if you really, really, really love United so much that you need to play against Spurs, that's fine. But uh, you're not just going to walk into walk into the team. This is a serious outfit. We train together. And, um, you know, you retired from the national side, by the way, after the, the World Cup for like uh, eight months because you were in a huff. Um, I, I, I personally think 
uh, Rigobert Song in Cameroon made the right decision in saying, no, 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 this is not an automatic thing where you get to play just because you show just because you show up, and I don't care that you know you chartered a private jet to be here. Oh, there we go. It's like Shaq getting that jet down from Boston today in the snow. Yeah. Dedication. Uh, we'll say thank you very much to Gab, to Shaka, and to Stevie as well. Uh, just a reminder, Frank will be back as well. Extra time is next as we address some of your questions uh, that you sent in. Be sure to stay tuned. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Come on, Gab, look up. There you are. You, come on. There he is. Well, he was up late, wasn't he? Watching the Eagles. How did that work out? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't realise. I didn't realise I was in this segment, so. Wow. I wanted to see oh, if Nick Sirianni had been fired yet. Oh, no, no, you're definitely in this exactly. segment, Gab. You said cheerio to Gab at the end of the show. You said cheerio to yeah, Gab at the end of the show. All right, all right, detective. Just to soon. I thought I heard that. Was just after you made up the country of Nambia. Yes, I How did Juventus get knocked out of the Coppa Italia, Dad? Ooh, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Ah, there we go. Fly, Eagles, fly. What? Right, okay. We talked about this on the show. Should Chelsea bring in Mourinho for the third time? Stevie, would you like that? No. 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 I'd love it. It's just for entertainment. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, it would be good entertainment, wouldn't it? Where will he end up, Gav? Do you think? Well, you know, we get to talk about this on the show. I, I have a hunch. Uh, look, he's turned down Saudi before. I don't think he wants to go to Saudi to chase the money because he already has all the money in the world. I think what he wants is attention um, and, 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 and the really big stage. I think where he would actually work and he might get a job is with a national team. Uh, his record in knockout competitions is obviously very, very good. Um, I, and, 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 you know, you saw it in reaching the two finals in the two years, especially if it's the kind of team that, you know, has a bunch of kind of spit and gravel, hard-edged players, uh, a, a team of Sergio Ramoses, if you will. Um, I think they'd be ideally suited. What country is that? Stereotypically, an Uruguay, perhaps, although obviously, you know, they're not going to change managers right now. I think he's waiting around for, for that kind of opportunity. I don't think he wants the Portugal job. I want to, he doesn't want to go near there um, until until Cristiano Ronaldo retires for good, but like for real, it never comes back, uh, given their history together. Um, so I, I think that could be an opportunity for him to still stay on the big stage um, and, and maybe, you know, prove his medal again and, and get back into the, the merry-go-round uh, at big clubs. Stevie, not counting you know injury what, Dan? management. Dan. Yes, Frank. I'm sorry, Dan, but I remember interviewing uh, Mr. Mourinho when he was, uh, I don't know if he was at Madrid or Chelsea, when he came over to Los Angeles. And he admitted that uh, the last thing that he would love to do in his coach career is to get the Portuguese national team. So I think that's going to be his goal. So it's tricky right now with Roberto, uh, but, uh, but I really think that he's, he can be patient and see how it works during the Euro and maybe jump into the, seat, the, the job if he has the chance to. Stevie, not counting injury management, do you think a player's professional club should have a say on whether or not the player can go out on international duty? I think it should be up to the player. Right? You know, 100%. You know, I, I don't understand how... I've never understood how the international committees have a say on whether a player can or can't play for his club or his country. And I don't understand this rule they brought in when if you don't play for your club, you can't, uh, your country, you can't play the next game for your club. All of these things, I have never understood how it ever was allowed. And no, I, whoa, I, whoa, I really, whoa, whoa. I, I really don't understand how the player is not the guy in charge of this. Uh, if you don't want to play for your, your country, then you should be able to just to say, I'm not going and play for your club. I, I don't believe the club should have the, the wherewithal just to turn around and say, well, you're not going. I don't believe that. 
But I think the player should have more say in what happens. Who was wo wo wowing? No, 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 it was me because I'm not sure I understood maybe the question, maybe it's. Did you know the committees at the international committees asked for for the club to release the players is because there were so many discussion from the club to the players to force him to stay and not go to uh, international duties. It's why they, they they put that rules out to to make sure that the the players would be free uh, to go without uh, psychologically psychologically be um, put into a, a very tricky situation. Grow some. Oh dear. Seriously. Oh. What, what do you think, Gab? Obviously, they pay a lot of so, money these, for these players. Well, yeah, so before it, I'm imagining sort of comments under this video, people saying, well, the clubs pay their salaries, the clubs should get to decide. Uh, yeah, exactly. it's true, the clubs pay the salaries, but yeah, but let's not also forget that uh, every five years or so, six years, whatever it is, uh, all the stakeholders in football, uh, so the clubs, the leagues, the confederations, uh, and FIFA, sign something called the Memorandum of Understanding. Uh, that decides when the uh, international breaks are, and that decides the terms of release for the national team. And the clubs and the leagues will always go and make an argument that they want fewer breaks, fewer international dates, blah, 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 and it's a back and forth. But ultimately, they sign this document. And once you sign that document, it's a legal contract. So if a player, in the same way that, you know, an employee might have a right to X amount of, of paid holiday, equally, um, these players have a right to go and play for their national sides if selected. It's something that you as a club have agreed to when you sign the memorandum of understanding. Um, so exactly. frankly, I, I, there's no leg to stand on here. Look, the memorandum of understanding. I've kind of, I've kind of experienced every side of, of all, all this that's going on between club and international football. Now, on, on the one hand, I'm, I'm, I totally agree with you. I think players should have a say and, and be allowed to kind of um, uh, negotiate or, or you know um, decide which games are, are, are better for them or, or not. On the other hand, that that can be exploited in do. that in, in that clubs. Clubs, um, shit, they played for Trinidad and Tobago. Nobody ever wanted me to go, go back and play. There, there's, there's a total disregard for your appearances for countries outside of Europe. At least that's how I felt. Right. I felt that no manager ever wanted me to go play for Trinidad and Tobago, but I've never heard any manager express that about a player playing for Europe because it kind of raises their stock and, and, and their value. Um, so I was always under pressure to, to miss international footballs. And for football games, I was always under pressure to, to miss games. But then I started my career at Reading and I'm just breaking into the first team, just getting going. And I said to, to the TTFA, I don't want to come back. I'm establishing my career here. Right. And they tried to have me banned. They, they tried to have me banned. And, and, and so I, again, no, I'm, I'm pushing back. Because I just break into the, the first team. Nah. I'm new. I'm trying to establish myself. I'm, I'm, I, I, I want to say, listen, just, just leave it for, for, let's leave it for this time. Mm -hmm. Next time, fine. I played, I played for every single junior national team coming up. You know, I, I wasn't going anywhere. Shaka. So I, I totally understand. Shaka, don't tell me that uh, we are not that naive. So many players have denied going for any international game, pretending they were they were injured. And there are some injuries that nobody can say that you're really injured or not, like an ankle twist or whatever. And they didn't go pretending because it was it wasn't an important game for the national team. So they pretended to be injured and they stayed with the clubs. And it happened thousands of times and we know so many stories about that so the the, the players is what i want to say has a word of course he has to lie but he has a word oh, but shaq is an honest man that's all all i'm saying here frank is i'm not i'm not discounting that at all but if i don't want to go and i have a valid reason for that i should be able to say that 
I, I should be able to say that. Yeah, but if you open a door, Shaka, if you open a door, you know how the clubs, the coaches, club coaches, is going to try to force the player to say well, that. Then leave, well, then leave the player you say, you know out. Well then, leave, well, then leave the player out in international football going forward. Because if, I'm, if I am that yeah. committed, if I'm that committed to only play for my club and not my... Not, I can retire from international football at any age. And that, that doesn't stop... That doesn't stop, or that, that doesn't empower the national team to ban me. If I retire at 24, I can play club football my whole career, and, and the national team cannot do anything, cannot ban me. I could come out of retirement at 26. I could go back into retirement at 28. I could keep doing it, but it becomes a joke if you don't have some kind of common sense understanding. Clubs, clubs always... That I agree with always, you. They would always try to get us not to go and play internationals. Right. Always. Yep. I, can only, I can only talk for Liverpool. But if you didn't go, they'd be absolutely delighted. And they would ask you, are you going? Right. But, but as I said... A bit of pressure on you. But, but you, you hold that... That's why I said grow some. No. Right. You're not, you're not 10 years old. You're a grown man. All you right. can't turn around and say, oh, look, I'm, I'm playing for an international team and that's it. you telling me you can't say that? Come on. Uh, Gab, is it true that Dortmund set the price for Gio Reyna at 15 to 20 million euros? Is that a sign he's definitely moving in this January transfer window? Well, I think it's a sign that his contract is, is winding down. I think, uh, you know, he's entering the last 18 months of his, uh, uh, of his contract at the club. And, and that's kind of, you know, where you can't really charge a lot of money. Uh, uh, for a player, and you know, this is right now is what I think he started one game all season for uh, uh, for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, obviously, they've added Sancho to to what was already a really really deep pool of uh, of wingers and attacking uh, midfielders with Brandt and Royce and Bino Gittens and Daniel Malin and Kareem Adeyemi and I mean, it's just so many bodies there um, that they decide, all right, let's let's move him on. I think the logical thing. But Reyna would have had to agree to this, of course, is would have been to send him out on loan uh, and then, you know, add a year to his contract. Um, because the, obviously the, the, there's a risk you're going to lose him for nothing in 18 months. But 15 to 20 million, I think, is probably a reasonable price given the amount of time left on his contract and given his age as well. Gab, if Victor Osserman decides to move to the Premier League, next club out of Arsenal Chelsea, who would be more suitable to his style of play? Ooh, I think Chelsea would probably be more suitable uh, to his style of play, um, simply because I think there's parallels between him and, and Nico Jackson. Obviously, Osseman is physically stronger. I think he's better in the air. I think he's just a, and he's a far more intelligent footballer, in my opinion, than, than Nico Jackson. More experienced too, um, but I think he's much more in the, the, the traditional centre forward mold. Whereas at Arsenal, from what we've seen from from Mikel Arteta, he wants his centre forward to go and drop off and link play and participate in the build up and you know do all these different things that Gabriel Jesus does when he's fit. Uh, so I'm sure it's something Osimhen could learn. Um, but he would have to, he would have to adapt to it. So in terms of, you know, hitting the ground running, unless Arsenal change the way they play, um, I think it would definitely be Chelsea. If Stevie were playing in today's game, what would he have had the most difficulty in adapting to? Social media, the diet, or the training? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Training easy peasy. Yeah, yeah training easy. Training that, the thing is with a diet though, if I was playing today, I would have been brought up right. to eat the right things. Yes. So that wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> I think was there anyone at Liverpool that tried to eat the right things and therefore was chastised as a result? No. No, everyone was on the same diet. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. Did it change at all during your career? Well, as soon as try to change, started changing it. Right. Well, for the best example is on after a game. <laughs> they on the bus. <laughs> after a game, creates a beer on the bus, and we'd stop at the first chip shop. Yep. And that went to wow. no beer on the bus. Oh. And it was fruit, fruit, 
Oh, lovely. Bananas, apples, oranges. Was there ever made occasion as one of the more veterans? Did you go and ask for beer to be put on the bus? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, no. I did. It was not. We played Nottingham Forest away, which, right. which is, uh, I'm going to say, an hour and 25 minute drive. Yeah. So on the Friday, everybody had been on it. We go and ask if we can get some beer or what or something, just because it's because it was such a short journey. Yes. So I went up to the to, to, to Graham and I said, uh, "Hey, boss, uh, you know some of the lads." Because obviously I wasn't. <laughs> no, no, no. I got me a You were too busy with your fruit. <laughs> I said, uh, boss, is, uh, is there any chance we could maybe just get a crate of beer on the on the bus? Right. And he looked at me and he went. He said, let me put it this way. If anybody can't wait an hour and 25 minutes without having a beer, then they may have a bit of a problem. And I went, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I'll let the lads know. <laughs> Frank, did it strike you when you moved to England that how different the diet was even to what you'd experienced in Strasbourg? Uh, no, because you know, you know what? What I signed for Chelsea, uh, the Italians uh, came right. and they were very strict into the diets, and we got the, a chef very quickly at Harlington, the training ground. And he was Italian, and it's like Viali who uh, he kind of put that with the uh, uh, the acceptation of uh, all the team, but of especially regulate the coach. Uh, they they went into very professional. I think he's he striked more players like Dennis Wise, maybe Steve Clark, or maybe Craig Burley than me because <laughs> um, in fact they went to, into my way more than their ways. Uh, but beer is simple carbohydrates. Right. So after exercise, yes. you should increase your intake of simple carbohydrates. Oh, there you are, Shaq. For instance, after a marathon, they hand a beer to the marathon runners. I don't think they do, Shaq. Yes, they do. They don't even have a bottle of water. I wish I'd known. I would have told you. It's simple carbohydrates. <laughs> yeah, you're going to come back with right. some of that. So you don't, you don't need very sugary fruit. <laughs> you need a good cold beer, uh, Gab, of course, you spoke to a lot of Italians who made that move from Italy to England. Uh, was there a story that strikes you in particular of how shocked they were at the English diet? Uh, oh, there's a whole bunch, and, and, and as Frank points out, obviously I was very close to, 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 to Luca Vialli, so I got his view of, uh, of, of what happened at Chelsea's training ground over the years. But it's actually uh, an old pal of Frank's who, I'll never forget this, uh, Marcel Desailly, coming over and they say he's talking about how how in England people eat baked beans on toast and mm. he's like it's sort of like beans and tomato and it's sugar and it's really really bad and the English they all eat it I, he was trying to tell us this except he was telling us in Italian and I was thinking to myself yeah um I, I, baked beans really are an acquired taste I I assume especially if you're French I mean Frank, I'm assuming you never went through a baked beans uh, phase? Never. 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 <laughs> never. And I, 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 I never ate fish and chips. <laughs> you know what? I swear I had baked beans on toast yesterday. Bit of grated cheese on top. I, I spent five long. years. <laughs> I, I, I spent five years in England and never ate fish and chips. Never. Oh, Frank, oh, you're missing no, out. No, no, no. You're missing out. I'm getting hungry, that no, is it. No, we're, we're, no, no. We're I all don't. going for beans on I toast. <laughs> uh, we will be back. Bubble and squeak. Yeah. Oh, I remember. That was, that was, that was yes. what we used to have at West Ham. Oh, that was great. Yan <laughs> uh, and Archie will be joining us uh, tomorrow. Uh, be sure to be with us as well. Um, what's happening tomorrow? I don't know. Kind of a cop. No. <laughs> it's snowing in France. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more FA Cup replays. I'll be right one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> uh.